my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, recording this after the Hawks fell up in Cleveland to the Cavaliers, 114-102, a a fairly tight contest for most of the game. There was obviously times where Cleveland got out to leads, the Hawks fought back, And especially in that third quarter, they were able to play well enough to take the lead momentarily. But an 11-3 run early in the fourth quarter kind of knocked the Hawks out of contention. They kept trying to claw back and claw back, but could not get over the hump. And, I mean, Cleveland was a team that looked highly motivated to win that game. They were highly motivated. This was the team that, in the Hawks, that knocked them out of the plan last year on their home court. And, I mean, they weren't 100%. They didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but most of those guys are still on the team and vividly remember that loss where Trey Young went berserk and just carried the Hawks into the playoffs. So this was a team that came out, and they were definitely really aggressive on a defensive end. They wanted to prove a point, kind of get that game out of their mouth. And they even played with that type of intensity in the preseason against the Hawks. So I was not surprised by how the Cleveland Cavaliers played. And, I mean, if you're just looking at the numbers, and I have the rewatch on as I'm recording right now, there was just a couple of things that stood out to me. One thing that I want to say before we dive into numbers is when the Hawks had opportunities to move the ball on offense, where as far as moving the ball side to side in the half court set, trying to find an open guy, they were most of the time successful when doing that. And that's something that I know the pick and roll action is very effective especially when you have Trey Young and DeJounte Murray running it. But 
I would like to see more of that type of offense personally, just to give a bunch of people a chance to at least touch the ball, have an opportunity to take a shot if it's there. But, I mean, the Hawks offense is the Hawks offense, and in the midst of the poor three-point shooting and the inconsistencies from night to night, I mean, it is what it is, and that's why they are top 15 offensively in the NBA, but certainly not number one or number two like they were last two years and what we're accustomed to seeing. So it's going to be a work in progress. It is, and we just have to accept that. I know it's hard for people to accept that, but it is. And no DeAndre Hunter last night. He was out with a non-COVID illness. So A.J. Griffin got the start last night, and I thought A.J. Griffin continued to play um, well. He continues to play well for this Hawks team. And, hey, you have you got a steal in A.J. Griffin if you're the Hawks. You have an absolute steal of a player. And even um, I, I, I'm not going to be remiss by not giving – Jalen Johnson is kudos because Jalen Johnson had a really good game last night as well. And I don't want that to get lost in translation when you look at just the score of the game and see that the Hawks lost. Jalen Johnson had a really good game, especially in that first half. He was running the court well. He was he looked confident. He was finishing around the rim. Knocked a three-pointer down in. Uh just a just a really good performance from Jalen Johnson, which you glad you're glad to see. He had the opportunity because DeAndre Hunter is out. But when you look at the numbers, he had the highest plus minus on the Hawks team yesterday. And he played 14 minutes. So really great performance from Jalen Johnson, in my opinion. Uh, he finished with eight points, three or four shooting from the floor, two or three from three, two steals, one assist, one rebound, two fouls. So really good game from Jalen Johnson. And... I know some people were shocked. I wasn't shocked seeing A.J. Griffin starting instead of Justin Holiday. Because, to be frank, even though Justin Holiday is a vet and he's played several years in the NBA, A.J. Griffin has been playing better than him the last five games or so. Five, six games, A.J. Griffin has outperformed Justin Holiday, which warrants him getting a start. And now he is starting to get close to the same amount of minutes, if not more, than Justin Holiday, which we said a few pro few episodes back that that was going to be the opportunity for A.J. Griffin to get more minutes is, you know, gaining Nate McMillan's trust, knowing that you're going to go out there, knock down shots, you're going to play harder, you're going to defend at the highest level that you possibly can as a rookie. And that's what we've been seeing from A.J. Griffin. His confidence continues to grow game after game. And as you guys notice, I'm trying to point the positives out of the game before diving into the negatives from last night's game. But that is a positive to look at. I mean, A.J. Griffin, and he played 36 minutes last night. Scored 17 points on a 7 of 11 shooting from the floor. Three is six from the field, from three-point range. Highly efficient. 
two rebounds, one assist, three steals, which is really, really great sign from A.J. Griffin. Uh, getting those three steals, it seems like as much as he is letting the game come to him offensively and scoring when needed, he is committed on the defensive end because he knows that's what's going to get him more minutes on the floor with this team. And I love seeing it. I absolutely love seeing it. And, yeah, DeAndre Hunter was out. And I think DeAndre Hunter being out played in the Hawks losing the game. I mean, you're just losing, and I said in the last episode, your third option offensively. You lost your third option offensively uh, due to illness in DeAndre Hunter. He's been very consistent offensively this year and deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I mean, he got his money, and people think that, oh, when you get your money, you fall off. DeAndre Hunter has played very well. He's been really consistent for the Hawks this year because, I mean, there's times where the great thing about DeAndre Hunter this year is that when he struggles, especially if he struggles shooting the three or he's missing some shots around the rim, he continues to attack and force the issue. And then recently we've seen him get to the free throw line a lot more. And that is a tribute to a player that is growing and becoming more mature and more sure of himself in his game. And it's reflected on his numbers this year, which is why I would be remiss to announce that it wasn't a big loss not having DeAndre Hunter out there last night. I mean, we still don't have bogey, but DeAndre Hunter is averaging almost 16 points per game this year. He is averaging almost four rebounds a game. He averages 79% from the free throw line right now, shooting just under 49% from two-point range in 36.5% from three, which is not bad. It's above his career average. A lot of the numbers that I mentioned are slightly above his career average right now. He's having the best season in his best season in the NBA so far. And that was a blow last night. But to get the production out of A.J. Griffin that you did last night and Jalen Johnson was huge. And another person that needed to step up last night in DeAndre Hunter's absence is that we had to get the ball more to John Collins. And even though he had nine field goal attempts, he was really efficient last night. He had 16 points, five of nine shooting from the floor, Three of five from three, as I said, five three-pointers is the max I want to see from John Collins. And you hit three of five. Very efficient from the three-point line. Hit all three of his free-throw attempts. Uh, wasn't as aggressive on the glass, only one rebound, which was a step back from him. But added two assists, and then on a the defensive end, had two steals and a block. And John Collins continues to play well defensively or this year, and he's improved this year definitely on the defensive end. So that is the positives from yesterday's game. Uh, the leading scorer was Trey Young, 25 points on 22 shots. Still not super efficient. Uh, 10 of 22 from the floor, 1 of 7 from 3, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Added 10 assists, 1 steal, 2 rebounds. But, And this is the thing about him and Murray last night. 
they put a lot of pressure on the guards for the Hawks last night defensively, uh, putting big bodies in front of them, uh, having, you know, Jared Allen come out, especially when, you know, it's about to be pick and roll action to really stay hard on the guard and also kind of hang back kind of in drop coverage to make it harder to get the pass over Jared Allen and the other bigs to get it to the rolling big in the pick and roll action. And they were trying to press a lot of things. And between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, you have 10 of your 17 turnovers between your two uh, backcourt players. That just can't happen. You, We've seen time in and time out this year when Murray and Young have high turnover numbers, the Hawks don't have a chance to win the game. They just don't have a chance to win the game. When you have, between the two of them, you have 16 assists and 10 turnovers. That's a bad assist-to-turnover ratio right there. That's not what you need. And ironically, Trey Young, even though 25 points, Legion score, had the lowest plus-minus on the team in minus 19 last night. Uh, yeah, at times he was the one keeping them afloat, but... You have to take care of the ball if you're Trey Young, and you just have to have a better night. This was DeJounte Murray's worst offensive night. 11 points, 4 of 17 shooting from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3. Hit both of his free throw attempts, added, as I said already, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal, and 4 turnovers from DeJounte Murray. You got to get more from DeJounte Murray. You have to. Have to. Uh, Clint Capella, four points, two or five shooting from the floor, had 12 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Uh, Capella continues to play well, even though he didn't score a lot of points. I mean, that's a tough front court matchup for anybody in the league, let alone Clint Capella. But competing on the glass and was the only one really competing on the glass for the Hawks outside of Onyeka Okongwu, who had, I mean, he continues to have really good games off the bench. Uh, the minute split between Capella and Okongwu was 27 minutes for Capella, 20 minutes for Okongwu. And in those 20 minutes, Okongwu had 18 points, 6-9 shooting from the floor. He was 0-1 from 3, but I'm glad to see him take that 3-point shot. Did have a really nice mid-range jumper from the free throw line in the first half that I like seeing. And he had 6 free throw attempts, made all 6 of them. Just really aggressive tonight. Played well. 10 rebounds. One turnover and only one foul. So a really good game from Inyeka and Kongu off the bench. But like I said, the disappointments were turnovers from the Hawks. A team that is really good at taking care of the ball, especially having, like I said, 10 turnovers from your two backcourt players, two all-star guards. You can't have that in a game of this magnitude. The bench played well if you count Okongwu and Jalen Johnson, but the Holiday Brothers struggled last night mightily. Uh, three points between the two of them, and they both shot a combined one of nine from the floor and one of seven from three. You have to get more out of them, especially if they're going to be playing north of 15 minutes, which they both did last night. And again, there's no um, bogey, no hunter. So that is a caveat there. But certainly, you're going to need more production from them because the Cavaliers have better bench production. 
flat out better bench production. I mean, they had Seti Osman, who's been on a tear lately. He had 23 points off the bench, 8 of 10 shooting from the floor, and 3 of 4 from 3. He had a really good game. Okoro off the bench had 4 points. And then Robin Lopez added 6 points off the bench. So good, solid production for the Cavaliers. But the story for the Cavaliers really was their two backcourt players, the two all-star guards playing very well. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, both combined for a lot of points. And I want to say that's 55 points between the two of them. Mitchell had 29 points, 11 to 22 shooting from the floor, four of eight from three. He's been shooting uh, a career number from the three-point line this year. He was three or four from the free throw line, added four rebounds, nine assists, three steals. Garland, 26 points, nine of 14 shooting from the floor, two of four from three, six of six from the free throw line, added nine assists, one steal, eight turnovers from Garland, though, uh, 11 turnovers between Mitchell and Garland. So when you look at the turnover numbers, even though eight from Garland, the Cavaliers backcourt had more turnovers than the Hawks, but they just could not take advantage of those mistakes uh, far and few between for those two guys. And then you only get 10 points from Mobley and who had nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block and four turnovers himself. Uh, you just you just could not take advantage, could not close the gap. There was a really bad clear path foul that was called in the fourth quarter when Hawks were within five. That really just changed the momentum in the fourth quarter and just made it tough sledding for this team to come back. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk over the overall numbers, look ahead to the matchup against the Kings. On Wednesday night when Kevin Herter, Red Velvet, does roll back into town. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash. Or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Looking at the team numbers from last night, Hawks shot 43.7% from the floor and then... 32.4% from three, which is a little bit higher than their season average. But 
certainly you have to shoot better than 32% from three to win ball games. We know that that's going to be the, and it has been a big topic on the sports radio here in Atlanta and podcasts covering the Hawks and sports writers covering this team and amongst fans that we suck at three-point shooting and everyone's looking at Kevin Herter having a wonderful year shooting the three and thinking, hey, we lost the trade with the Kings. And they continue to drudge that up because they just see Kevin Herter having a good year. And rightfully so. He's getting more opportunity. He's starting. So you would expect him to play better. But one player doesn't make your whole team better at three-point shooting. So I'm not going to get caught up in that narrative, and you should not either. And if you are getting caught up in that narrative, you're getting caught up in the wrong things. Do you have an emotional attachment to Kevin Herter that you have? I mean, you don't have to let it go, but you have to remove that emotional connection when evaluating the three-point shooting or the lack thereof in the Atlanta Hawks uh, team this year. You have to. We said that going into the year that they were sacrificing some three-point shooting to improve on a defensive end. The Hawks are a top 10 team defensively. And to let a team score only, not only, score 114 points and that team shot 60% from the floor and 52% from three. They shot 62% in the two-point range. To have those shooting percentages and to only give up 114 points, that is a credit to the Hawks' defense, which is much improved this year. So, and now, we still have to work on getting stops and key moments in games to help us get us over the hump. Yes, but at this point, we're being really nitpicky for a team. That is, when you look at the Eastern Conference standing, yes, we're 10-7 and seven now, but there's a lot of teams bunched up in that Eastern Conference, and to start the year... We went from third to sixth with one loss. You're still sixth place in the in the Eastern Conference right now. And teams that are above you, the Wizards and the Pacers, I doubt they're going to be up there. Teams that are behind you that will play better, the Raptors because of injury, the 76ers due to injury. Uh, you just have to believe the Nets can and have the capability of playing better. You have the Heat that are 12th right now in the Eastern Conference. So if you're the Hawks, you're sitting in good position in the Eastern Conference for right now. It sucks they lost that game last night. But and it sucks that they aren't shooting the ball well from three this year. They're the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. But they are better on the defensive end, which is helping them win more games than they've lost in the early part of the season. They still have a pretty solid home record right now. 500 on the road if you can be around 500 or a little bit above throughout the year. And their schedule is going to open up soon. Uh, the Hawks schedule will open up soon. So just we're being nitpicky because we expect the best from this team. Of course, you're a fan. You want to see your team win every single game, which is impossible in the NBA. You're playing 82 games. but And there's certainly things that this team can improve on. Like I said, when I'm looking at the numbers, the really good shooting percentage, yeah, they could have done a little bit better protecting the paint. Um, they gave up 52 points in the paint to 42 for the Hawks. So protecting the rim a little bit better. And then and Garland and Mitchell are really good running the pick and roll. So that's something that 
they need to watch film on and improve on for the next time they take on this Cleveland Cavaliers team. But, and as I said in the last program, ways around the three-point shooting is trying to get to the free throw line more, being more aggressive and getting yourself to the free throw line. We only got to the free throw line 17 times last night. That is below the season average for the Hawks. And the Hawks are 23rd, 24th in the NBA in free throw attempts per game. So we're not a great team as far as getting to the foul line. Those are free points that are missing out. The Cleveland Cavaliers had six more free throw attempts than us. And they made five more free throws than us. That's five points. That's five points right there. We lose the game by 12. Now you're looking at a seven-point game. I mean, if that, you know, works more in the Hawks' favor. You're missing points from the free throw line. That is ways around three-point, poor three-point shooting is getting yourself to the free throw line more. That's something that I want to challenge the Hawks more. Being more aggressive. Don't settle for threes, especially if they're not good looks. Now, the Hawks are getting some solid looks from threes. They're just not making them. But if you know they're not falling, work to get a more efficient shot. Get into the paint. Force the issue. Make the officials call a foul. That's something that I would like to see change. I want to see a little bit more ball movement side to side especially against really good defensive teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, move that defense side to side and then find the open shot so that the person doesn't necessarily have a defender just on him, has enough space to get a shot off and feel confident about making it. Those little tweaks and nuances, especially in games like the Cleveland Cavaliers, are the difference between winning and losing, and we lost the game last night. Because when you look at the other numbers, 2014 assists, that's not bad. Um, the 17 turnovers, that's bad. And then they allowed 23 points off those turnovers. But you forced 20 turnovers for the Cavaliers and scored 26 points off those turnovers. So that's good. That's good. That's good give and take. Uh, 20 fast break points. That's good. So when you look at the numbers, it's protecting the paint, getting to the free throw line, and then making more threes. Those are the, the big things. And those things can be corrected through some slight adjustments, coaching, a slight philosophy change, and just being a little bit more aggressive offensively, getting into the paint, not settling for a lot of threes that we are just not in rhythm making yet. And hey, DeAndre Hunter was out. We still have Bogey out. You have A.J. Griffin playing well. You have a young Okongu playing well. Jalen Johnson had a really good game. Trey Young is still Trey Young, and DeJounte Murray is still DeJounte Murray. But you have to cut those turnovers down if you're the two backcourt players for the Hawks. And I love when you feature John Collins. Uh, I like to see more John Collins being featured in spots where he's effective and efficient like he was last night. So it's a tough lessons to learn from this game, and we're going to see them again. This is a series that is very, very important as far as the Eastern Conference. You're going to see this team again. This team was highly motivated. You're gonna, you got to get your get back. You're gonna get your get back eventually. Um, I don't have when the Hawks play the Cavaliers next. I will look real quickly, but. Certainly, this is a team that you're going to see again and the team that you're 
going to want to have to beat this year, uh, or you at least want to. And the Hawks will play the Cavaliers two more times. Once in February and once in March, both of those games are at home. Hey, you, you lost to them on the road. That's a tough place to play in Cleveland. Now you get your get back. Later on in the season, when you have more games under your belt, you have bogey back. Hopefully the team is healthier. You have a little bit more continuity and confidence. And you get them here in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena, which certainly is going to warm some big crowds. You're going to get your chance. You're going to get your chance. So every game counts because the Eastern Conference is so tight. And like I said, losing that game dropped us from third to sixth. So obviously a game that you want to win. But there's some winnable games coming up for the Hawks. There are some winnable games. Doesn't mean that you can take a step back or put your foot off the gas. But between now and the new year, uh, when they play the Warriors, and even the Warriors, obviously, record is not the greatest right now. You only play a couple teams with winning records. I mean, you take on the Kings Wednesday night, which is going to be an emotional game because Kevin Herter is back. Uh, it's going to be great to see him. He's been playing really well. This is a Sacramento Kings team that is not a pushover. They are going to compete. They're going to play hard. Right now, they are 9-6, and six, which is really good, especially for them, especially early in the season with a new head coach. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And when you look at the Western Conference right now, the Kings are a playoff team, a playoff team. And they have won six straight games. They're going to come in with a lot of confidence on Wednesday night. You have to protect home court. You have to be ready to compete and exceed their competitiveness and their energy because they're going to be gunning for you. They're going to be gunning from you. Okay. Kevin Herter is going to be really excited to play this game. Really excited to play this game. So you're going to have to be ready to go. You have De'Aaron Fox. You have Harrison Barnes, a consummate professional. You have Davion Mitchell, who's been playing well. Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, the rookie, who's been looking really good. And Simonis. This is not your typical Sacramento Kings team. So certainly it's going to be easier said than done. But it's a winnable game for the Hawks. Certainly if you can... And I guarantee you, I'm going to guarantee a big game for DeJounte Murray. I'm going to guarantee you DeAndre Mitchell is going to be really excited to get back on the court. I'm going to guarantee you that A.J. Griffin is going to continue to play well in the minutes that he's given. And I think we're going to see a pretty nice game from John Collins on Wednesday night. Uh, but certainly, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. So we cannot take that for granted. Uh, especially, like I said, when the Sacramentos are nine and six in, in the front of teams in the Western Conference, like the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the T-Wolves, the Warriors, Lakers, they're ahead of all those teams. I mean, they're averaging 121 points per game. Now, they give up points, so the Hawks will be able to score points against this Kings team. They're not a great defensive team, but certainly we're going to have to execute at the offensive end and we're going to have to anchor down defensively in force some tough shots to give ourselves a chance to take care of this opponent and win this game on Wednesday night. And then when you look at the schedule going ahead, I mean, here's the teams you're playing. 
You're going to Houston, who you already beat, but a young team that plays hard, but certainly a winnable game. You take on the Miami Heat here in Atlanta. That's a tough game, a division game, a rivalry game, but they're not playing well. You, that's a winnable game. You go back to Philadelphia, get your get back against Philadelphia. You go to Orlando, certainly a winnable game. You take on the Denver Nuggets, who are still trying to figure things out, certainly have talent, certainly is a good team, and when they are healthy and put it together, I think they're a team that can make a push for the Western Conference Finals on that side of the conference. But that is a winnable game, especially here in Atlanta. You have to be ready for Jokic, Murray, Bones Highland and the guys. Uh, they're the third-place team in the East, I mean, in the West right now. Certainly got to be ready for that. OKC, who's been playing well. But certainly a winnable game here at home. You take on the Knicks, who's going to want some revenge. That's the ESPN game. But you always play well in Madison Square Garden for some reason. And then you're going to follow that up with an opportunity to go against Brooklyn, who is still figuring things out. Chicago, who's figuring things out. Memphis has a lot of injuries after that. You see Orlando again. You get a revenge game in Charlotte. You see Orlando again after that. You see Chicago again at home. Detroit at home. At Indiana, who I think will cool off, even though they're in a winning streak right now, will cool off by the end of December. You see Brooklyn again. You see the Lakers, who are trying to figure things out. So there's a lot of winnable games between now and the beginning of 2023 for the Hawks. It's a matter of taking it a game at a time, focusing, playing with energy, playing with effort, moving the ball side to side defense, uh, offensively, being locked in and communicating on a defensive end, even shot distribution, and taking advantage of mismatches when they're given to you. I'm really interested to see how they finish 2023. If you're a Hawks fan with Thanksgiving here, be thankful with the tough stretch that you are in or have gone through in November that I said was the toughest stretch. Toughest stretch probably of the season for the Hawks. To be 10-7 and seven is good. Yes, there are some games that you wish you had back. You wish you had... That that beat down in Toronto back. You wish you had that that Charlotte Hornets game back. You wish you had played better down the stretch against the Utah Jazz at home. Uh, put a better effort up in Philly. Certainly that ESPN game versus Boston last Wednesday and last night. There's some games that you want back, but to be ten and seven still is still good. This is a glass half full situation if you choose to look at it like that. And like I said, Bogey's coming back. Hunter's not going to always be sick. DeJounte Murray's not always going to shoot 4-17 in a game. Trey Young will eventually get more efficient. He's one of the least efficient players in the NBA to start the season. I think he will get his groove back. And it comes with Trusting those around you a little bit more. Now, we're going to have to worry about the John Collins trade rumors. But at this point, he can't be traded until mid-December. He's on your team. Utilize him. He's been giving you all he can defensively. Give him the ball where he is the most effective. Clint Capella's been playing well. Okongu's been playing well. Jalen Johnson's had some good games. 
Justin Holiday and the Holiday Brothers have given you good games. They gave you bad games last night. Guys, the message is there's good games and there's bad games. You have to take the good with the bad. You have to. We can't overreact to losses. We can't overreact because you see Kevin Herter playing well. Kevin Herter is not the only reason why the Kings are fourth in the Western Conference right now. You have Sabonis. You have De'Aaron Fox. You have Keegan Murray. They have some players on that team. They're a young, hungry, talented team under a new coach who has won some championships that are figuring it out but having fun while they do it. I don't know if the Hawks are having fun. They don't look like a team that's been having fun recently. That's something that I kind of want to see from this team. Have some fun. You're getting paid to play basketball. I'm not coming at them in that regard. I'm just saying, just want to see them have more fun. It looks like more work right now than fun. You have some wonderful games coming up, starting with the Kings on Wednesday night. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think it is going to be a really good game. It's going to be a tough game, a tougher game than the average NBA fan may predict. But it's going to be a game that the Kings will be up for, and the Hawks have to be up for them too. So I cannot wait to see what happens with that game, and we will be really thankful if they can get a dub and then celebrate Thanksgiving and then go on to Houston and then take care of business there before coming back to Miami. Sorry, home against Miami on Sunday. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. It does not matter. I need more listeners. I want more people hearing the content that I'm giving for the Hawks so I can have more discussion because I want to appease you to people. So let's grow this program. Let's grow this community so I can grow in my role and give you the best information, the information that you want to hear here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. And follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7 on Twitter. We'll catch you guys after the Sacramento Kings game. And as always, let's go Hawks. son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. 
Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at insperity.com. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.